0: everyone doing today blessed and highly favored i'm sure welcome to what would kay say and i am your host kay edwards but before i begin the show let's do some housekeeping i want to remind everyone that radio free brooklyn is a 501c3 non community organization whose mission is to empower brooklyn's underserved local communities by providing active learning and media practices and to amplify their voices through a global internet radio platform. Saying this, we are dependent upon your donations to help keep us providing programming on the air. So go to our website, click on the donate button and give what you can. We greatly appreciate it. So now last week I spoke about prayer and how to do it more effectively. Now, if you missed last week's show, Or any of my previous shows, you can find them by going to my show page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and you can also find them on Spotify or and on iTunes. So, now we spoke about prayer and how prayer is like one continuous conversation with God. We also spoke about how it doesn't have to be so stoic, right? I mean, in fact, Prayer should evoke some form of emotion. Cause you hey, you're talking to God, right? So you should have some form of emotion when you're doing it. But now today, I would like to, today, I would like to talk about because I mentioned last week that I wanted to give the names of God. Because you know when you address someone by their name. It makes you more familiar with them, thus making the conversation a little bit easier when you're having one. Correct. So I wanted to give some names that of God, give you an understanding of what the name meant and where you can find an example of it in the Bible. So you'll know how they, how they came up with that name and how that name is used. Okay. Now these names are Hebrew names for God. Okay. So now. Let's see. I mentioned that God has over 200 names in the Bible. And as a Christian, I pray to Jesus. Now, Jesus has a number of names as well. But today we're just going to go over the names of God. OK, Jesus has his own set of names that we know him as, like the Rosa Sharon, the Lamb. Um, oh, my gosh, there's so many. Uh, the Good Shepherd, the Son of God. There's so many names, Lord of Lords, light of the world, the bread of life. We have so many names for Jesus, but that's not what we're talking about today. And I might do a show about that, but today we're just going to concentrate on the names of God, what they mean, and where to find an example of that name in the Bible. So now if you take notes, I know a lot of people take notes when I speak. If you're going to take notes, get your pen and pad ready or get your tablet or however you do, your note taking, cause this is going to be some good stuff. What I did was I went on and I I went online and I found a whole host of names of gods, all the names of gods, like all over the place. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to pick out the names that we don't usually hear all the time, because like, if you're going to learn about something, don't you don't want to keep learning about it in the same way over and over and over because then it becomes a thing of oh I already know that and you don't really pay attention to it. So I went on the list and I picked out the names that we don't normally hear people referring him to as. There are some in here that we do know because I didn't go really deep into those names that we didn't because there's a lot of background behind some of those. So I kept it where I can give us names that we don't normally know, normally hear, keep it simple in the explanation. And then I threw in some that we were familiar with as well. So I hope everybody gets something out of this lesson today. So now we're going to start with name number one. Now this is, I picked 10 out of all the names I picked 10 that I felt were ones that we didn't hear all the time. Some, like I said, we have heard before, but I wanted to give you something new to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I, I didn't hear that. You might have heard the English, the English definition for it, but you never heard the actual name called the way it's called. So now we're going to start out with name number one. El Elyon, which means the God most high. And El is another name that is translated as God and can be used in conjunction with other words to designate various aspects of God's character. Elyon literally means most high. So when we say El Elyon, we're saying the God most high. And now with that, um, we know that you can find the term most high throughout the old Testament. Right. And it expresses the extreme sovereignty and majesty of God and his highest preeminence. Okay. So we find an example of El Elyon in Genesis 14, 17 to 22. Now I'm going to be using, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be using the new King James version. So all the names that I give here is coming from the new King all the explanations that I'm giving in the Bible to find the names is coming from the new King James version. Okay. So like I said, we're going to Genesis 14, 17 to 22. But Abram said to the King of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, least you should say I have made Abram rich. Now, what he was saying there to the king of Sodom, they were actually having, um, they they were in a war. And, you know, at the end of the war, everyone takes the spoils of, they takes the spoil, whoever the victor is in a war, they get the spoils, right? To the victor gets the spoils. Um, So, The king of Sodom was saying, okay, we won this war here, Abram, you can take whatever you want from everything that we confiscated from the people. And Abram was saying, no, I'm not taking anything from you because if I'm going to get my blessing, my blessing is going to come from the God most high. I don't want anybody to be able to say they made me rich because they gave me or they helped me just like today when people try to help you, or if people do help you, the, if the, if you make it big, they're like, Oh, well, you know, I remember when, and if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have got where they were. That's why if you know that you're on the right path and you're walking the steps that God has ordained for you, wait on your blessings from God. Yes. He will send people to help you, but those people are not going to be the ones that's going to be saying, I helped them when wait on your blessings from the Lord. And you know that when you do make it, you could always say it was God that got me here, not man. It was God. El Elyon, the God most high. Name number two, El Cana, jealous God. And it, um, it suggests that God, it's that name says that God looks at us like his bride. Cause you know, they always say the church is the bride. And Christ is the bridegroom. So when you use the term Elkanah, the name Elkanah, it suggests that God looks at us with such love and attention and the passion and the faithfulness of a bridegroom with his bride. So now we see an example of this in Exodus thirty-four fourteen, For you shall worship no other God For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Right there, he's telling you he wants no one else before him. And he even says it in the commandments. He says to us, there should be no other God before me. He stated it. So Elkanah, jealous God. Name number three, El Roy, the God who sees me. Now, I'm going to read from Genesis. You're going to find an example of this in Genesis 16 to 11. But before I read it, I want to give you a little backstory. This is where the angel of the Lord is talking to Hagar. Hagar used to live with Abraham and Sarah when the promise was given to Abraham that he was going to have a son. And although they were up in age, they didn't believe it could be possible. So they cooked up this scheme and Sarah had Abram sleep with Hagar, who was her Her, um, her maid, Hagar got pregnant, Sarah got jealous, you know, typical story. Woman tells husband to do something and then husband follows through and then the woman gets mad because the husband followed through. And now she's mad at the other woman because it it worked for her and it didn't work for the wife. Okay. So that's the backstory. And this is Genesis 16, 11 to 13. And the angel of the Lord said to her, meaning Hagar, behold. You are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord, who spoke to her, you are the God who sees me. Meaning that she was cast out from the home that she lived and worked because she got pregnant. She was on the she was on the streets by herself. She was homeless. She had no place else to go. She was with child. God blessed her. Sent an angel to her to tell her he was going to bless her. He was going to take care of her. And in her mind, God saw her. So she said, you are the God that sees me, El Roy. So we can also use it as an example. When we feel our backs are against the wall, when we feel we're between a rock and a hard place and we have no place else to turn and we don't know where we're going to get our next whatever from and God blesses us, we can then say, God, Roya, you are the God that sees me. Name number four, Emmanuel. Now this is my favorite name. I love this name, Emmanuel, because it always reminds me of Christmas. So Emmanuel means God with us. And we will find two examples. I gave two examples with this one, Isaiah seven fourteen and John one fourteen. Now see, because Emmanuel means God with us, in Isaiah 7.14, he literally uses the name Emmanuel, but in John 1.14, he describes how God is going to be with us. So now I'm going to read first Isaiah 7.14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is the Hebrew word meaning God with us now john one fourteen states and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we behold his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth so in john one fourteen, god with us takes on the meaning of and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that was the god with us and in Isaiah seven fourteen, it was his name, literally Emmanuel name. Number five, Jehovah Yahweh. Now those are the names of God. God's name is Jehovah. God's name is Yahweh. They both mean I am now Jehovah and Yahweh. They come from the Hebrew Hebrew word which means Hava the Hebrew word Hava meaning to be or to exist. So that makes sense that Yahweh and Jehovah would mean I am to be or to exist. Example of this is Exodus three fourteen. Then Moses said to God, indeed, When I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, I actually read Exodus three, 13 and 14. But you see how God said it. I am who I am. And you should say to the children of Israel, I am sent you. There's no more explanation. That is my name. That is who I am. I am meaning not who I was, not who I will be. I am. I am forever present. I am. I exist right now. No matter when you say I am, it's always a present. It's always the it's always in the now. And that's what God is always in the now Jehovah or Yahweh. I am name number six, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Now I'm taking this from Genesis twenty-two, thirteen to 14. Then Abram lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now the backstory with that was, I'm sure everybody remembers God promised Abraham and Sarah, a son, he gave them Isaac, but God was testing Abram and he told him he wanted, to sac- he wanted him to sacrifice his son. Now, Abram took his boy. He took him up to the mountain. He was going to sacrifice him. Isaac didn't know he was going to be the sacrifice, but he knew they were going to do a sacrifice for God. And at the time where he had Isaac laying on the stone about to cut the boy's throat, he turned around and saw a ram in the thicket. And that's how he knew. God just wanted to see if he was going to give him his only begotten. He wanted to see if Abraham was going to give him his only son. And when Abraham was about to cut that boy's throat, God provided a ram as the sacrifice instead. And that's what made Abraham call the place the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. Number seven, Jehovah Megan the Lord, my shield. Now we know that a shield is something that covers, right? A shield covers. So if we look at God as being our shield, that means he covers us completely. He's in all areas of our life. He's totally covering everything about us, everything that has to do with us, everybody that is connected to us. And we find an example of this in Psalm thirty-three, twenty. Our soul awaits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And we also find an example of this in Psalm 91 four. he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings. You shall take refuge. Now we know Psalm 91 is the prayer of protection. So anything with Psalm 91, he's covering us, Jehovah, Megan. Um, Oh. Name number eight, Jehovah Mekadish come. I am the Lord, which sanctifies you. Okay. I am the Lord, which sanctifies you. Now Mechadish, in Hebrew is sanctify. Come is you. So his name is Jehovah. And we find an example of this in Exodus 31:12 to 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, "Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you." Now we know to sanctify means to set apart, to declare holy. So when God is saying that I'm sanctifying you, it's meaning I'm bringing you out. I'm keeping you separate from everything else. Everything else that I see is being not good. I'm keeping you separate and apart from that. Jehovah Mekadishkum. Number nine, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we find an example of this in Exodus fifteen twenty four to 27. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, of all the names that I've said previously to this, Jehovah Rapha should be the name that everyone's praying to today. When we pray, we should be asking God, Lord, we need you to be the Lord who heals. We need you to be our Jehovah Rapha right now in this coronavirus pandemic that's on top of the whole entire world right now. Lord heal us. If you don't take any other name, that could be a name that you can use. And number ten, Jehovah Suri, the Lord is my rock. God is described as our rock throughout the books of the prophets and the Psalms, right? And to have a rock, a rock is something that's sturdy. A rock is something that can't be broken or moved quickly. So when we look at God as a rock, we're saying God is immovable. God is unbreakable. God is the safe place. God is our fortress. And we find an example of this in Psalm 28 one. To you, I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me. Least if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. So there we know David was praying to God saying, you're my rock, Lord. So when I pray to you, I need an answer. Because if you don't answer me, I'm like everyone else who just will go down to a pit and be nothing. So. I hope you got a lot out of those names. I chose 10 names that we don't always hear all the time. I tried to give new names, like some of them we have heard before, but I tried to give names to, although we've heard the term the God most high and God is a jealous God. I wanted to give a name to that because it's not normally something that you would hear all the time. Like, you know, we've heard Emmanuel, And you've heard like El Shaddai and we've heard Jehovah Jireh and we hear Jehovah Nisi, but I wanted to give new names. So that's how you can get like another understanding of who God is and you know, what he does and what his names mean and why he got those names, you know, in the Bible. And you can find those verses and actually reflect back on, you know, this is what that is. When I hear this it's that name. So I hope you really got something out of it. I know I enjoyed doing this. I picked the 10 that I thought were, um, the most relevant right now, especially something new, you know, new to hear and, you know, and exciting, So, with that, I think it's time that we can take a music break and we shall um, return with op ed. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Seguir a Cristo, he decidido. Seguir a Cristo, he decidido. Seguir.
2: Sometimes it's hard to believe that you're working things out for me but I can't see I can't see I'm walking with blindfolds on but you are more sure than Show. Seems to make no sense Can't see that full plan. Everything seems to make no sense. I know that you're in control. In control. I try.
0: Hey, Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I am your host, Kay Edwards. And now we're about to go into op-ed. But before I go into op-ed, I just would like to say that this program that I did today, and I don't know why I sound, when I go to say this, I sound like a broken record to myself, Because it seems like as of late, I have been talking about how difficult it has been for me to pull shows together. And it's probably because of the content that I'm giving you. The devil is busy. And the things that I'm giving you are things that not only are going to help you as an individual, but it also glorifies God in the process. So while you're doing these things to help yourself and to help others, you're also giving glory to God by doing it. So when I put these shows together, like I'm going to tell you, we all know that because we're still in the pandemic, we at the radio station have not gone back in to do live broadcast. There are some people who are fortunate enough to be doing live shows from their home. And some people do still venture into the studio. I'm not that brave yet. I could go into the studio and do a show. But like I said, I'm not that brave. So I do my recordings at home and then you hear them on Sunday when I post them up. But I say all that to say tonight's show, well, today's show, not tonight today's show. Well, when you're listening to it, it's going to be in daytime. I had to record this three times, three times I had to start over. And I'm talking about not just start over because a little piece had some extra noise in it that I didn't want it. So I had to filter it out. No, I'm talking about when I started talking, I get on a roll and you can tell once I start, it's like I'm just taking breaths in between and I'm just constantly talking, 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 talking. I did 30 minutes nonstop talking only to listen to it. And either the sound was distorted or half of what I was saying didn't come out properly. Three times I had to record this show over. And I said, you know what? Devil, you are a liar. I will give God the glory and we will know his names whether you want us to know his names or not, because I know you know his names. The devil knows God's names. See, that's the thing about it. He knows God's names and he knows that if we pray or if we call on God using those names, he knows the power that is behind those names. So for me to put this out there for you to also have that power, he didn't want that to happen, but you know what? Glory be to God because God is with me in everything that I do. And it was trying for me because I was starting to get really upset. But I said, no, erase, start over again. And that's exactly what I did. So I hope that you guys really did enjoy what I gave you in the first half hour. But now we're going to go into op-ed because this is a time where I really get to let my hair down and sort of relax and really have like a one-on-one chat with you guys. Of course, you know, I'm going to be on my favorite subject. We have less than 87 days people before we have to cast a vote. So all of you who still have not registered, get busy on the registration because you need to be out there. Or if you're not going to go to the polls in person, you need to be able to be registered in time to put in for a mail in ballot so that you can vote and mail it in and it gets counted. Okay, so stop playing around people less than 87 days. And I say, now in the news, there's been a number of things happening. Of course, now Cuomo has sanctioned that New York City schools will open come September and the children will either go back or they'll be learning from home. But the parents had, friday was the last day that the parents can put in which one they wanted for their child did they want their child to be in school building or if they wanted to continue with the remote learning and see when i hear that i have mixed feelings and my mixed feelings comes from the fact that a lot of children who didn't have access to computers and you know when we first went into the lockdown it was a big ordeal to get these computers to these kids so that they can learn and then they had to provide internet access for these children because some of them in their homes they did not have the wi-fi or if they did have the wi-fi it wasn't up to the speed that they needed to be able to do these zoom classroom interactive learning whatever it is that they do so now You have a number of New York City, here, devil, you're a liar. God, give me strength. You have a number of New York City school children who are disadvantaged that don't have the capacity to really stay home to do the learning. So you know those are going to be the kids that are going to be, somewhat forced to go back to school and sit in the classroom and try to social distance and try to keep their hands clean. Now, now if you have children, if you're a parent, all that that I just said to you, you're visualizing it in your mind and you're like, that's utterly impossible. How do you keep kids away from each other Out of each other's face when all they want to do is horse around, play games, play tag, play whatever, but they're always on top of one another. How are you going to keep them constantly washing their hands, keeping their mask on, and being six feet apart from each other? Really? How are they going to play? What is recess going to be like? I can't even imagine. I wouldn't even want to be the teacher there trying to keep these kids separate. So my heart goes out to all the parents that have to make that hard choice of what they want to do with their child come September. But I just pray that they make the right decision and that their children are safe and healthy and whatever is going on with this coronavirus, it doesn't spread to them when they get back into the school. I really pray the safety of all the children when they return back to school. And for those of you who are fortunate enough to be able to keep your child home and have them learn, God bless you too, because I know it's, you also had to make a sacrifice in order for the child to be there. So it's not easy on either, either solution that you chose, I'm sure was not an easy one, but everyone, we now have to make that that choice. And I just thank God that I don't have to make that choice because it would be quite difficult for me. I'm sure I probably would opt on the side of keeping my kid home. I don't know what it, how I would have to do it. I don't know if I would have to go in and say, look, I need to work from home. Whatever it is that I needed to do, I, I, I would opt on keeping my kid home. I would not want my kid to have to feel like they're it like sitting there like sitting ducks with this disease that's going on, especially with us not knowing much about it and we're still learning it. We're still and we're learning it more and more every day. And we're seeing it in other states. How even with what's happening with them, we're still learning how this virus is changing itself, coming out in different ways. There's just so much still to learn about this virus. But We just gotta still stay with the mask on our face because that's the one thing that they know that it stops the spread for the most part, keeping the mask on and I don't know, you know, there's so many people that's against wearing a mask, but that's a whole nother issue that I don't even wanna get into because ignorance comes in all forms. You know, it's not about you having a right or you having the it's your, you know, it's your prerogative. It's not your prerogative when it comes to spreading a disease, okay? At the, en- at the end of the day, there's no prerogative when it comes to spreading a disease. But I'm not here to argue with those who do that. God will handle them. But I do want to get into, now we have that. Okay, now see everything I just poked about. You have the election coming up. You have the parents that have to make the decision to send their child to school or keep them home. We still have the pandemic that's going on in everybody's life, for those of us who are working from home. And then you hear, which I was so glad to hear this, because when she said it, it was real talk, that Michelle Obama said that she's suffering from a low level of depression. But when she said it, I know some people's reaction was like so surprised, like, oh, my gosh, Michelle Obama is suffering from you know, a low level depression, what she is experiencing is she's experiencing the symptoms of what a person that would have been diagnosed with depression, but she's not diagnosed with depression, but she can have those symptoms of, you know, feeling sad, feeling anxious, feeling a little angry, feeling uneasy as we all are having So when I hear people saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, what is people doing to, you know, make her feel it's just life on life's terms. And I'm glad that she came out and said it so that it validates what everyone else is feeling for those who didn't feel that who, okay. For those who didn't understand that what they were feeling was a normal reaction to this entire pandemic that is happening at the moment. So it validated for those who were questioning themselves, like, why do I always feel so irritable? Why do I always feel so tired? Why do I feel like I don't want to get out of bed? It's a normal reaction. It's perfectly normal for you to feel like that. It's not good for you to stay in that. And, you know, we've talked about this on previous shows, how to do the breathing exercises, how to, you know, remove yourself from a lot of things that's going on in the news. And I had also brought up of just now this was on a personal note, just being black in America, just being black in America sometimes can be depressing. And then with everything else on top of it, you're asking a lot from a girl. You know what I'm saying? You're really asking a lot, but Hey, you got a deal, right? But I'm, I say that leading into I had a conversation with a millennial, and I'm going to tell you the millennial was my son. And we were talking on the phone the other day, and I'm gonna tell you this is how the conversation went. I said, You know, I'm a type of person that likes to be to myself. You know, I don't mind being in the house all the time. You know, I don't have to be around a lot of people. I don't have to go out all the time, every day, every weekend. So with the whole not being able to go to restaurants and brunch and hang out, it didn't really affect me as harshly as it had affected a lot of people who were more socially active than I was. But I was telling my son the other day, I'm now starting to feel like Wow. You can't do anything because when I used to get the inkling in my mind, I wanted to do something. I was able to go do it, even if it was how many days down the road. But now I'm starting to feel, wow, we really can't do anything. So I was thinking to myself, if I'm starting to feel like this, I could just only imagine what people who were social, they were feeling like this the day after they closed the city down. Like the, the city closed down on the 22nd and on the 23rd, they were already stir crazy. <laughs> but, um, oh, I say that to say, so I told my son, I was talking to him, we were just having a regular weekly conversation. I talked to him and I was like, you know, all this is really starting to depress me. And I was telling him how, you know, I'm even starting to feel like, wow, there's nothing I can do. We can't do anything. It's really starting to get me down. So he was like, yeah, my, understand. I too sometimes feel depressed. He says, but then when I think about it, he said, I also thought about when I was He said before the pandemic, when I had to go out to work every day and I was in the hustle and bustle of being on the trains and dealing with different personalities and the train being crowded or the train being late and then having to get into the office. And then you have all these, you know, deadlines that are due and all these conference calls and everybody's looking for you to you for something. He said at the end of the day, sometimes on a Friday when I came home, I was so stressed and drained that that was like making me feel depressed. Like, gosh, you know, it was just so much. It was just so much pressure on me for this week. He said, but when I weighed the two, would I want to have that depression or the depression of being in my house, being comfortable, being able to do you know, my work from home? He said, if I'm going to be depressed in either one of those scenarios, I'd rather take the latter, like what we're going through right now. He said, because even with that making you feel a little bit depressed that you can't fly out someplace. He says, cause you know, I on, I'm on vacation right now. So, you know, I would have hopped the plane and went to Mexico, went to Spain. My son is an avid traveler. He will go everywhere. Where's me, the mother don't want anything to do with a plane. He runs to the planes. He's going anywhere and everywhere. So yes, with these two weeks, he's been on vacation. He would have been all over the place. And He's saying, you know, it made me feel like, wow, I couldn't do anything either. He said, but I'd rather have the depression of being able to be home. Like I said, be safe, be, you know, within my own space and everything like that. And what he said to me, and this was so profound. That's why I'm telling you this conversation. He said to me, look, when we're here, he said, we're here for a purpose, We're here to do what God put us here to do. We pay our tithes. We give him praise. We sing, you know, we help people out when they need help. We help those who we can help. We serve our purpose here on earth. He said, and if we get a little bit of good time or a little bit of fun added into it while we're doing what we were put here to do, he said, then that's the blessing. That's a blessing for us. He said, but actually, Ma, we're not going to get our blessing to be able to turn up like we want to until Jesus comes back and gets us and takes us home. He said, because this is not our home. He said, so we need to get used to the fact that we are passing through. He said, and before we used to take it for granted, we never really looked at it, even though it's, it says to us we're in the world, not of the world. He said, but we never really thought about it. He said, but I was sitting back the other day and I was actually thinking about it. And he's like, you know what? If there was never a time to understand that saying, now is the time. We are not of this world. So yes, we're going to be depressed. Yes, we're gonna feel anxious. Yes, we're gonna feel uncomfortable. Yes, we're gonna feel uneasy because this is not our home. So when you're not at home, you can't get comfortable. And he said, and when he said this to me, I chuckled. He said, we will not, and in this is millennial words, we won't be able to turn up again until Jesus cracks that sky and comes and gets us and takes us home. He says, and when we get home, then we could turn up any way we want to because we will be where we need to be. And when he said that, I had to just sit there and say, you know what, Lord? Out of the mouth of babes. Now, mind you, this man is, he's going to be 34 on the 20th of this month. But to me, he's still my baby. So I said, out of the mouth of babes comes the truth. Now, here it is in his time, he understands that that's what we're actually waiting for. That's what we're actually doing right now when we're in this season. Remember in the beginning when we were shut down and I was calling it a reset. God wants us to take a step back. God wants us to look at what's happening. God wants us to know where we're going to be on the other side of this now new normal. Well, we're now here and the whole, the whole process that he put us through was preparing us to get ready to go home and do your work while you're here. Do your work as you're supposed to do. Keep busy, keep busy until he returns. That's what we're doing. We're keeping busy until Christ returns. So when he said that to me, I could do nothing but smile and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for the wisdom that you have imparted into this man. And I know, that he walks with you. And that makes my heart glad. So I just say that to everyone who might be feeling a little depressed, for everybody who might be feeling a little anxious, just got to keep doing the work until it's time for us to go home. That was op-ed. Now, we had our word last week. I gave us our word, reform and that's going to be our word again. You know, we don't change the word up until the end of the month. So that's our word for the month. Reform. And our promise for today is going to be. Now I need to put these glasses on. Because I can't see a thing. And I need to read this card. Our promise is going to be coming from. Okay, our promise today is going to be Isaiah 41, 10. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That was Isaiah 41, 10. So I want to say to everyone be safe out there. COVID is still real. And when you watch the numbers, do you know that we have surpassed 160,000 in depth, in death? 160,000. And they're saying, they're predicting by December, we're going to be up to 300,000. Keep us in prayer, people. We have to keep ourselves covered and in prayer. So with that, I say be a blessing to others. Bless all of you that are listening to me, that tune in to me every week. I bless you. I pray for you all. Even though I don't know who you are, I still just say a prayer out to my listening audience because I don't know who I'm touching and I don't know when I'm saying something, who God has given it to me to give to, but I just thank him for using me as being the messenger and I hope that I bring peace to all of your hearts and I want you to be safe. And I want you to love one another. Wear your mask, keep it, wash your hands. And until we meet again next week, God willing.